indeed those people who yubayyunaka they pledge allegiance to you o messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam innama indeed only yubayyuna they pledge allegiance to who allah to allah they were giving you bay'ah but in reality they were giving bay'ah to who to allah how yadullah Allah's hand was fawqa aydihim. It was above their hands. Because when people come together for the sake of Allah, then who is with them? Allah is with them. Yadullahi fawqa aydihim. The word yubayirunaka, alright, it's from bayya'in. Bayya'a is to give bayya'a. And what is bayya'a? It is basically to make a pledge. Alright? To give your promise to someone. Basically it's from the word bayr. What does bayr mean? Bayrun. Trade. Right? That you sell something, you give something, and you take another in exchange. Right? You give what you have, and you get from the other what you don't have. So it's basically an exchange. And that is the whole idea of bayr. That you give your pledge, right? You commit yourself to, to do something, to obey somebody, to accept them as their leader, and then you get some benefits in return from them. Alright? This is referring to the bay'ah ridwan. Remember we learned earlier that at Hudaybiyah, under the tree, the Prophet ﷺ, he took the bay'ah, the pledge from the companions, all 1400 of them. For what? When did this happen? When Uthman anhu was sent to Mecca, to negotiate with the mushrikeen. And for a very long time, he didn't come back. And when he didn't come back, the Muslims expected the worst. That if he was alive, he should have been back by now. The fact that he's not back means that something terrible has happened. Right? So, killing the emissary, what does that mean? Declaring war basically. Now, the Muslims, remember, they hadn't come prepared for battle. Were they prepared for battle? No. They had gone for umrah. They were in ihram. Alright? They didn't really have their weapons and their shields with them. Correct? They were exhausted from the travel. Right? And they were gonna fight who? A people who were firstly three times their number, well rested, well equipped. Correct? But in this situation, what happened? They gave their pledge to the Prophet ﷺ that basically they would fight if there would be a need for the defense of Allah's religion. That if the enemy has killed the emissary of the Messenger ﷺ, then the Muslims will not turn their backs. They will not run away. They will firmly defend Allah's religion. So, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يُبَايِعُونَكَ Allah says, إِنَّمَا يُبَايِعُونَ Allah. This bay'ah was basically signing up for death. This is basically what it was. Allah says, Indeed, these people were giving a bay'ah to Allah. Apparently, they gave their pledge to the messenger, but in reality, they gave it to Allah. Because how is a bay'ah given? It's given by putting your hand in the hand of somebody else. It's made by joining hands. Alright? So the two parties that are, one is giving the bay'ah, one is taking the bay'ah. So here we have the companions giving the bay'ah, the Prophet ﷺ taking it. How was this being done? By joining hands. Alright? Allah says that yes, there was the hand of the messenger. 
However, in reality, the bay'ah was made with Allah. Yadullahi fawqa aydihim. Allah's hand was above their hands. What does this mean? Does this mean that physically it was seen? No, not at all. What this means is that yes, because fawqa, above, Allah has ulu, He is above His servants always. He is above the creation always. What this means is that this was a sacred contract. This was a commitment made with Allah. Apparently on the hand of the messenger, but this was a commitment made with Allah. What does this teach us? That anytime we make a commitment with somebody in the name of Allah, for the sake of Allah, for the cause of Allah, in reality that commitment is with who? It is with who? It is with Allah. فَمَنْ نَكَثَ So whoever breaks, meaning violates, goes against the bay'ah, نَكَثَ نُونْ كَافْثَ نَكْثَ is to unravel that which was well knitted. So it's basically to break your promise after making it. So whoever نَكَثَ فَإِنَّمَا يَنْكُثُ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ Then he will only break it to his own detriment, meaning he will himself suffer. وَمَنْ أَوْفَى And whoever fulfills, fulfills what? بِمَا with that which عَاهَدَ He promised. عَلَيْهُ Upon it. Allah Allah. Whoever fulfills that which he promised, Allah. فَسَيُؤْتِيهِ أَجْرًا عَظِيمًا Then Allah will give him a great reward. For what? For his truthfulness. For his commitment. Whoever breaks the promise, then he is the one who is going to suffer. And whoever fulfills it, then Allah will give him a great reward. Do you notice something over here? بِمَا عَاهَدَ عَلَيْهُ اللَّهَ عَلَيْهُ Have you ever seen this before? What is it generally? What is it generally? عَلَيْهِ Isn't it? But this is عَلَيْهُ Why? One of the benefits is that you see عَلَيْهُ After عَلَيْهُ is the name of Allah. Now remember that the name of Allah, right before that, if there is a letter that has a kasra, then what happens? The lamb in Allah becomes thin. You say it very soft way. Right? Like, Bismillahi. Bismillahi. Me. Because of me, the lamb is very thin. Right? How else would you describe it? Bismillahi. Okay. You got the point, right? But if there is a fatha or a dhamma, then what happens? The lamb is heavy. Right? So here, in the context, it's more suitable. He is making a promise with who? With Allah. بِمَا عَاهَدَ عَلَيْهُ اللَّهَ Realize who you're making this promise with. فَسَيُؤْتِيهِ أَجْرٌ عَظِيمًا To this person, Allah will give a great reward. You see, there was no battle. Uthman anhu was not killed. Then basically this bay'ah was a test of their determination. It was a test of their commitment and willingness to defend the deen. Right? And from this bay'ah, the treaty came. Because when this bay'ah was made, the mushrikeen found out and they panicked that the Muslims are getting ready to fight us. They panicked. And they sent their emissaries then to negotiate and then come up with the treaty. 
So on the one hand, there are those who fulfill their commitment. And on the other hand, were those who did not fulfill their commitment. Allah says, سَيَقُولُ He will say, لَكَ to you. Who will say to you? الْمُخَلَّفُونَ Those who remain behind. مُخَلَّفُونَ Plural of مُخَلَّف One who stays behind. One who has been left behind. And this is referring to those who stayed behind. Meaning who did not go for Umrah. سَيَقُولُ لَكَ الْمُخَلَّفُونَ مِنَ الْأَعْرَابِ A'rab is the plural of the word. A'rabi. And A'rabi from the root letters A'in, Ra, Ba. A'rab are who? Desert dwellers. Those who live in the desert. And this is referring to the non-residents of Medina. The tribes who lived outside of the city of Medina. Alright? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they will say to you, meaning when you will return, shagalatna. It occupied us. It kept us busy. Sheen, غَيْن, lam. Shagala. When someone is too busy doing something, so he doesn't have the time to do something else. They will say, shagalatna amwaluna. What kept us busy? Our properties, our mal, our homes, our work, our business. وَأَهْلُونَا And also our families, our children, our spouses, our relatives. They kept us so busy. They occupied us. We were so busy with them. This is why we couldn't come with you for Umrah. So, فَاسْتَغْفِرْ لَنَا So seek forgiveness for us. We're sorry we couldn't come. Remember us in your prayers. You're so righteous. Allah says, يَقُولُونَ They say, بِأَلْسِنَتِهِمْ With their tongues. مَا That which لَيْسَ It is not فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ In their hearts. They're saying with their mouths what is not in their hearts. Meaning they're lying. This is just lip service. In reality, they're not regretful. They're quite happy in their homes. They're quite happy with their families. Allah is exposing their lies over here. And then He warns them, قُلْ say, فَمَنْ يَمْلِكُ Then who possesses? لَكُمْ for you min Allahi Against Allah, shay'an anything. Meaning who can save you from Allah in arada if He intended بِكُمْ with you ضَرًّا a harm أو arada بِكُمْ نَفْعًا or He intended some benefit for you. Meaning who has the power to defend you from Allah? بَلْ كَانَ اللَّهُ Rather, Allah is ever بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ With whatever you do Khabira Acquainted This ayah is one of the most frightening verses. If you were to ask me which ayah do you find the most frightening, I would say this ayah. Because these people, they said to the Prophet wasallam something that we say as well. شَغَلَتْنَا أَمْوَالُنَا وَأَهْلُونَا What is it that holds us back? That doesn't allow us, or we think doesn't allow us to go forward in the way of Allah, to even perform salah on time, to even give in charity. What is it that holds us back? What's the number one excuse we make? شَغَلَتْنَا أَمْوَالُنَا وَأَهْلُونَا I was so busy at home. I have guests coming. My kids, my husband, my family, my this, my that. I have a job, school, whatever it is. It's basically either our amwal or our ahl 
that prevent us. Now this doesn't mean that we don't care about our amwal and we don't care about our ahl. Of course we do. We must. However, we should never make them an excuse. Because you know what? When it comes to mal and ahl, when it comes to money, our job, our career, education, whatever it is, and our families, there are such things that no matter how much you give to them, it's never going to be enough. I guarantee you, you stay in your house for an entire week and do nothing except clean your house and look after it. By the end of the week, there will still be work that needs to be done. I guarantee you. No matter how much time you spend with your family, you run in their service, what will happen at the end? Will they be 100% satisfied? No. There will always be something more they want from you. This doesn't mean you don't care about your family. This doesn't mean you neglect your wealth. What this means is, don't make them an excuse. Because when you want to accomplish something in your life, then it's understood, it's well known. You have to give up some of your amwal, and you have to give up some of your time with your family. Come on, when you have to go somewhere, even for you know, some errands, don't you leave your children at home? Don't you do that? When you have to go to school, isn't it that for the whole day, or for many hours, you don't get to even speak to your father or your mother? Because you were busy studying. So never make them an excuse. When Allah calls us, whether it is for salah, or it is for any service of His deen, then what should be our response? لَبَّيْكَ اللَّهُمَّ لَبَّيْكَ Not, I'm busy. شَغَلَتْنَا أَمْوَالُنَا وَأَهْلُونَا We cannot say such things. In a hadith we learn, the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah says, that, O son of Adam, devote yourself to my worship. Devote yourself to my worship, and I will fill your chest with riches and remove your poverty. And if you do not do so, then I will fill your hands with problems and not alleviate your poverty. You make time for Allah, Allah will take care of your affairs. He will give you contentment. And you don't make time for Allah, you will never be satisfied. You will always have problems. And what we see over here is that these people don't even bother to seek forgiveness themselves. What do they say? They say to the Prophet ﷺ, you seek forgiveness for us. Because the whole goal over here is to please people, to earn their approval. They lied to satisfy people. But even if all of mankind is pleased with us because of the false excuses we give them, remember Allah knows our reality. Allah knows our reality. We can lie to people. But Allah knows where we truly stand. So let's be honest with ourselves and let's be honest with our Lord. Allah says, Bal rather. What actually kept you back is that Lanantum, you thought, you assumed. And that Lan never, Yan Qaliba, he will return. Ar Rasulu the Messenger. The real reason why you did not come along is that you thought the Prophet Wal Mu'minun and the believers they would never return ila ahlihim to their families abada ever. Because they were going to Makkah in Ihram, where their enemies were sitting. They were going in the lion's mouth. So the hypocrites thought that the Muslims, yeah, they're going for Umrah, but you know what? They're never going to make it back home. They're going to their enemies. Their enemies are going to finish them. They're going to slaughter them. 
they're never going to make it back alive. This is what you actually thought. Allah says, وَزُيِّنَ ذَلِكَ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ And that thought was made pleasing in your hearts. You actually like that idea. That yes, the Prophet and the believers are going, and you know what? Hopefully we'll never see them again. This made you happy. What do we see here? This person is happy with the loss of the Muslims. وَزُيِّنَ ذَلِكَ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ وَظَنَنْتُمْ ظَنَّ السَّوْءِ And you assumed an assumption of evil. You thought something so bad about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَكُنْتُمْ قَوْمًا بُورًا And you are in fact a people who are bura. Bura, plural of the word ba'ir. From the root letters ba ra. And who is ba'ir? One to be destroyed. You thought negative? You thought bad? Well, you will get bad. Kuntum qawman bura. You thought the Muslims would be destroyed? Well, you know what? You will be destroyed. وَمَنْ لَمْ يُؤْمِنْ And whoever does not believe, بِاللَّهِ in Allah وَرَسُولِهِ And in His Messenger, Allah says, فَإِنَّا أَعْتَدْنَا Then indeed we have prepared لِلْكَافِرِينَ For such disbelievers, سَعِيرًا ablaze. Those who don't believe in Allah and His Messenger, for them is loss upon loss. In this world, they will be قَوْمًا bura, A people who are destroyed. And in the hereafter, سَعِيرًا وَلِلَّهِ مُلْكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ And to Allah belongs the dominion of the heavens and the earth. يَغْفِرُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ He forgives for whomsoever He wills. وَيُعَذِّبُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ And He punishes whoever He wills. وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غَفُورًا رَحِيمًا And Allah is ever forgiving and merciful. Notice over here, forgiveness and punishment is mentioned. And then what is emphasized? Forgiveness is emphasized. Because what do we learn from Hadith Qudsi? That Allah's mercy overcomes His anger. His mercy is greater than His wrath. سَيَقُولُ He will say, meaning when you will return, Remember the surah was revealed when the Prophet ﷺ was on his return journey from Hudaybiyah to Medina. So the Prophet ﷺ is being prepared. That when you will go back, this is what will happen. Now groups of people will come to you with their false excuses. سَيَقُولُ الْمُخَلَّفُونَ The mukhallafun, those who remain behind, they will say to you, إِذَا انطلقتم, When you set out, انطلقتم, انطلقه. Remember Surah Al-Kahf? فَانْطَلَقَ They both set out. So, when you will set out, meaning in the future, إِلَى towards مَغَانِم Some war booties. لِتَأْخُذُوهَا In order that you take it. They will say to you, the مُخَلَّفُونَ will say to you, ذَرُونَا Leave us. Meaning, let us be. نَتَّبِعُكُمْ We will follow you. Meaning, we will come along with you. What is this referring to? This is referring to the expedition of Khaybar. Remember that Sulh Hudaybiyah was a fath, which meant that soon after it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was going to grant the Muslims victories upon victories. And one of the first victories that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gifted the Muslims was of Khaybar, in the battle of Khaybar. Now remember that the battle of Khaybar was an offensive battle, meaning the Muslims marched towards Khaybar. Why exactly? Inshallah, we'll discuss that later. Okay? And 
the battle of Khaybar was very tempting for people to participate in. Why? Because Khaybar was a land of date palms. It was a fertile land. If you got hold of those lands, you became very rich basically. So many people thought, you know what, let's participate in the battle so that when we win, we get a share of the war booty. Allah says that when you will set out to those booties, which booties? Of Khaybar. لِتَأْخُذُوهَا So that you may take it because the victory was very easy. These people who right now have stayed behind, they're not willing to come for Umrah because they're too busy. But when it's time to go for a battle, they will say, Daruna نَتَّبِرْكُمْ We want to come along with you. Let us be. Don't stop us. We want to come with you. Why do they want to come? Because the victory is imminent. It's obvious. The gain is a lot. And they want to have a share. Allah says, يُرِيدُونَ they want an yubaddilu kalam Allah that they should change the word of Allah. What word of Allah? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had promised the participants of Hudaybiyah future victories and ghanaim. Right? He had promised who? The participants of Hudaybiyah that Allah will grant them victory. Allah will grant them success upon success. Correct? Now those who did not participate in Hudaybiyah, they wanted to get the benefits. Allah says, يُرِيدُونَ أَن يُبَدِّلُوا كَلَامَ اللَّهِ قُلْ لَن تَتَّبِعُونَ Say to them, you shall never follow us. You shall never come along with us. Why? Because كَذَلِكُمْ قَالَ اللَّهُ مِنْ قَبْلُ That is what Allah said before. What did Allah say before? That these rewards are for the workers. Which workers? Those who went for Hudaybiyah, they will get shares of Khaybar. فَسَيَقُولُونَ Then they will say, بَلْ تَحْسُدُونَنَا No, no, you're jealous of us. They will accuse you of being jealous of them. Can you imagine how childish this is? Allah says, بَلْ كَانُوا لَا يَفْقَهُونَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا The reality is that they don't understand except very little. So in verse number 15, what is mentioned? That... When the Muslims would go for future expeditions and where the victory or where the expedition seems easy and the victory seems guaranteed and the benefits are also very tangible, then there are some people who will very happily, willingly go along with you. Why? Because their main objective is what? The benefits of this world. Correct? They're concerned about just themselves. They're not concerned about the deen. Where they get some personal gain, some personal benefit, they willingly go along. But where they have to sacrifice and bring benefit to the deen, there, they don't want to go along. You know, like it is said that some people, they just work on building themselves. And then there are others who build history. There are some people whose aim in life is just to make a big name for themselves. And then there are some other people whose aim in life is to create positive change. So we need to see that what are my eyes on? What is my goal and focus? Is it just myself? Or is it something greater than just myself? So over here in ayah number 15, what do we learn? That Allah's promise of victory, of the success of Khaybar, was for who? For those who work, for those who strive, not those who sit back. 
You see, everyone wants to be on the winning team. But to become the winning team, isn't there a lot of work and sacrifice that has to go in? A lot. So some people, they participate when the gain is easy and certain, then they want to come along. And where it seems difficult, they just want to stay back. قُلْ say. لِلْمُخَلَّفِينَ For those who remain behind مِنَ الْأَعْرَابِ Of the Bedouins Tell them that سَتُدْعَوْنَ You will be called إِلَى to قَوْمٍ A people Meaning to face a people To fight a people Which people that are أُولِي بَأْسٍ شَدِيدٍ That are possessors of great military might Meaning You're not allowed to go for Khaybar However After that There will be some future opportunities In which Muslims will have to face People of great military might. And this is referring to battles such as Hunayn, alright, or the battle of Yamama. Some major battles in the future in which the enemy was really very powerful. Allah says, تُقَاتِلُونَهُمْ You will fight them. أَوْ يُسْلِمُونَ Or they will submit. Meaning either may happen. Either there will be a battle or there will be no battle and the enemy will surrender. فَإِن تُطِيعُوا So if you obey, يُؤْتِكُمُ اللَّهُ أَجْرًا حَسَنًا Then Allah will give you a great reward. وَإِن تَتَوَلَّوْا But if you turn away at that time, كَمَا تَوَلَّيْتُ مِنْ قَبْلُ Just as you turned away before, when? At Hudaybiyah, يُعَذِّبْكُمْ عَذَابًا أَلِيمًا Then Allah will give you a severe punishment. What do we learn over here? That yes, these people, they lost the opportunity of participating in Hudaybiyah. And because of that, they lost some future opportunities also, like Khaybar. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that you will get more opportunities. We'll test you again. We'll see what you do then. If you take advantage of those opportunities, then yes, Allah will give you a great reward. But if you turn away, just as you turned away right now, then there will be severe punishment. What do we learn from this ayah? That it happens in life that sometimes we lose an opportunity. We don't take advantage of it. And then yes, we have regrets in our heart. But that doesn't mean it's all over. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most generous. What we need to do at that time is learn from the opportunities we've missed. And the next time Allah sends us an opportunity, then no matter how hard and how difficult it may seem, just grab it. Take it and give it your very best. Laysa, it is not. Alal-a'ma, upon the blind person. Harajun, any blame, meaning any guilt. For what? For having remained behind from Hudaybiyah. Because there were some people who didn't go for Hudaybiyah because of some genuine reason. Like for example, a person is blind, he cannot undertake the journey. Wala alal-a'raji haraj. And there is no blame either on who? On a person who is lame. Meaning he's got some physical disability, he's not even able to walk properly. Wala and nor al haraj, and nor upon the sick any blame. Meaning their excuses are genuine, so they're not guilty. Earlier, which group is mentioned? Those who made excuses, false excuses. Shagalatna amwaluna wa ahluna. They were not real excuses. Here, the excuse is genuine, so there is a difference. 
وَمَنْ and whoever يُطِعِ اللَّهَ He obeys Allah وَرَسُولَهُ and his messenger Allah says يُدْخِلْهُ Allah will admit him into jannat and into gardens تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ Beneath which rivers flow وَمَنْ يَتَوَلَّ But whoever turns away يُعَذِّبْهُ عَذَابًا أَلِيمًا Then Allah will give him a severe punishment. What do we learn from these last few verses? That striving and not striving are not equal. Working and not working are not equal. So the results they bring will also not be equal. We cannot please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just by our words. We have to match our actions with our statements. If Allah sends us an opportunity to do something for His sake, let's take advantage of it. And if we have regrets for losing certain opportunities, then let's learn from them and not repeat the same mistakes again. We'll listen to the recitation and then share reflections amongst yourselves, okay? إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يُبَايِعُونَكَ إِنَّمَا يُبَايِعُونَ اللَّهَ يَدُ اللَّهِ فَوْقَ أَيْدِيهِمْ فَمَنْ نَكَثَ فَإِنَّمَا يَنْكُثُ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ وَمَنْ أَوْفَى بِمَا عَاهَدَ عَلَيْهُ اللَّهَ فَسَيُؤْتِيهِ أَجْرًا عَظِيمًا سَيَقُولُ لَكَ الْمُخَلَّفُونَ مِنَ الْأَعْرَابِ شَغَلَتْنَا أَمْوَالُنَا وَأَهْلُونَا فَاسْتَغْفِرْ لَنَا يَقُولُونَ بِأَلْسِنَتِهِمْ مَا لَيْسَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ قُلْ فَمَنْ يَمْلِكُ لَكُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ شَيْئًا إِنْ أَرَادَ بِكُمْ ضَرًّا أَوْ أَرَادَ بِكُمْ نَفْعًا بَلْ كَانَ اللَّهُ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ خَبِيرًا بَلْ ظَنَنْتُمْ أَلَّنْ يَنْقَلِبَ الرَّسُولُ وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ إِلَىٰ أَهْلِيهِمْ أَبَدًا وَزُيِّنَ ذَلِكَ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ وَزُيِّنَ ذَلِكَ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ وَظَنَنْتُمْ ظَنَّ السَّوْءِ وَكُنْتُمْ قَوْمًا بُورًا وَمَنْ لَمْ يُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ فَإِنَّا أَعْتَدْنَا لِلْكَافِرِينَ سَعِيرًا وَلِلَّهِ مُلْكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ يَغْفِرُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيُعَذِّبُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غَفُورًا رَحِيمًا سَيَقُولُ الْمُخَلَّفُونَ إِذَا انطَلَقْتُمْ إِلَى مَغَانِمَ لِتَأْخُذُوهَا ذَرُونَا نَتَّبِعْكُمْ يُرِيدُونَ أَن يُبَدِّلُوا كَلَامَ اللَّهِ قُل لَّن تَتَّبِعُونَا كَذَلِكُمْ قَالَ اللَّهُ مِن قبل فسيقولون بل تحسدوننا بل كانوا لا يفقهون إلا قليلا 
who just send her kids to the mosque and everybody is fasting but she herself doesn't get time and i ask her why you don't go to tarawih she said i send my children and i send my husband and i look after them so i don't get time so that's the you know i a reflection which is a very scary one exactly we do the same one same excuses we made and the thing is that no matter how much we have to look after our families when we want to do something that that's important for us we make time for it assalamualaikum i just found it amazing that allah is saying that the companions will be rewarded for their sabr even when they couldn't do a good deed for allah's sake and i feel that's really gentle and it's such a good reminder from allah because as a woman like i see my husband he goes to tarawih every day and i can't because i have a baby running around i have to put him to bed after iftar and i have all these responsibilities and i can't do all the things that i want to do in ramadan because there's so many other things i have to do but like allah's rewarding me for that too inshallah again it's about having the right mindset what do you expect from allah what do you think about allah Assalamu alaikum. Um, my reflection is that um, when you're in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, people will say stuff to you like, تَحْسُدُونَنَا So they're saying you're jealous of us. Well, in fact, it reflects whatever they say out of their mouths, it reflects their life. It doesn't reflect your life. So don't weaken in your resolve because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, it's them who are weak in understanding, not you. Uh, there was a hadith that I heard from someone recently that um, you know, if a believer is not able to do a good deed that he does regularly on a constant basis, like for us, we're not able to pray during Ramadan for certain periods of time. Despite that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will still reward us because it is something that we used to do on a regular basis but are not able to do because of a certain, you know, whatever the reason may be. So even though we're not able to pray but we're still making dua and constantly you know, doing dhikr and chala, we're still rewarded for it despite not being able to do it. Assalamu alaikum. Every time I hear about this concept in Islam about husn al I'm always I'm always sort of mind blown and and just blown away by this concept that having good thoughts about Allah will make Allah subhanahu wa taala respond in kind. So when I studied this lesson, like I learned about uh, like some certain times that we have to have husn al especially more than other times, like um, at the time of death. And when you're making dua, you should always have yaqeen that Allah subhanahu wa taala will answer it. Or when you're doing istighfar, you should always have yaqeen that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept your istighfar. 
And so like right now, like during Laylatul Qadr, just like it's so important when we're making dua to have yaqeen that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will answer our duas. Yes. Because it's imanan wahtisaban. Right? With iman and with ihtisab. And what is ihtisab? With expectation and hope. Hi, assalamu alaikum. Um, there's something that I noticed in the writing of the verse t- 10 that the way uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds to someone who believes but sometimes loses hope is different from someone who, in fact, actually disbelieves but pretends like, like the hypocrites, right? So here he says, um, those who swore allegiance, and uh, what I'm thinking is he's referring to Omar, you know, you swore allegiance but, you know, don't lose hope. Just remember that, you know, whatever we've promised, we will deliver. And in fact, if you do lose hope, then that's at your own risk, right? So the way that he responds to him is quite different from the way that he responds to the munafikin, who are basically those who don't join the journey, but when they return, they say, oh, you know, we couldn't because excuse, excuse, excuse. Yeah. So the believers who went for Sulh Hudaybiyah, 1,400 of them, and they gave their bayah to the Prophet wasallam, And we see that they gave their commitment, and even though there was no battle, Uthman who was not killed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewarded them generously. Right? And on the other hand, people who did nothing and they spoke much, they got nothing. So at the end of the day, it's about really how sincere are we towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is what matters. Um, I would like to add... Uh... It's important to know our own self inside out. Um, sometimes we are deceiving our own self, telling the same things to ourselves, and uh, building a better connection with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Um, always keeping positive thoughts because it doesn't matter how bad things we do, His um, maqfira is a lot more greater. So Allah is always ready to keep the slate clean and start it fresh. But sometimes we don't forgive ourselves. We don't forgive uh, others either. But getting to know ourselves and then as we, as you mentioned earlier, the iman decreases and increases and our hearts are not always clean. They get messy and dirty and, and we need to kind of continue cleaning them, keep be part of the process that when we are doing dua to Allah Ta'ala, we kind of make that effort at the same time to keep it clean for having a fresher start. Yes. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, ashadu an la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk, assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.